What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is May 27th, 2022, Friday, Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, Memorial Day, three-day weekend for most people coming up. And tonight, SmackDown and AEW Rampage airing at an earlier time slot, the go-home show before Double or Nothing. It is All Elite Wrestling Weekend, All Elite Wrestling Week in Las Vegas, and uh, I'm 15 miles away and feel worlds apart to quote Sami Zayn's theme song but the energy is still infectious this is the wrestling Inc. podcast i'm glenn rubenstein joined by alfred kanawa and nyc demon diva tonight to go through it all the highs the lows the middles but before we dive into the programming alfred what is going on in the news well more news on the sasha banks and naomi front according to dave Meltzer of the wrestling observer newsletter it looks like wwe is not paying sasha banks and naomi through their suspension uh for those people who are familiar with wwe's practices how these contracts tend to work out i don't know if that's much of a surprise to some people but uh they did announce the on-air suspension without much more details that it was indefinite but to provide more context it will be without pay but it is unknown whether or not sasha and naomi's contracts have been frozen. Uh, Kazim, as we reported last week, said that uh, their contracts have upwards of two months maybe left on them. And if WWE just lets that happen, then in a couple of months this summer, uh, feasibly, they could be available to sign from AEW. However, if WWE freezes these contracts, which they do have that ability with these contracts, then and they could freeze them for a very long time if Sasha and Naomi don't come back to work. Uh, it was also cited on the Wrestling Inc. headlines that Daniel Bryan's contract was frozen for seven years. So uh, any new thoughts on the Sasha and Naomi front, Issa? No surprise. I think as soon as they took off their merchandise from the WWE shop, I kind of knew that's what was going to happen with the suspension. So I'm not really shocked by it. So here's the thing. You can't suspend somebody without pay. Daniel Bryan, when his contract was frozen, he was still getting paid during that yes. time. 
you know, like, and this capacity. was a little different because it was because due to a retirement. Uh, so it was not necessarily Brian Danielson going off on his own and shooting, but he had to retire. And part of that was him being paid his downside, I guess. And even by the way, if you're a, a government employee and you did something wrong, and you're suspended without pay. They still, that just means like, you're not fired. It's essentially like, like you're suspended from school for a week. So responsible for all the homework, not fair. Uh, but uh, you can get another job. You can freelance. You can gig on the side. WWE cannot, as independent contractors, say we are freezing your contract, not paying you, and preventing you from working elsewhere. Get even the most basic contract attorney on the line, and that will be broken. If you want exclusivity, you have to still pay somebody their downside if you're preventing them from making a living elsewhere. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. My favorite part about this story is all the attention being paid to the contracts that these WWE superstars sign. That if yeah. you were to tell any normal person on the street, we saw this in an interview between Bailey and uh, Christine Leahy of Fox right. Sports. That was supposed to be a puff piece. And she just started asking basic questions about Bailey's contract. And when she found out, she was shocked. Like, wait, they don't give you guys drivers. You have to pay for your own outfits and whatnot. And this is just another thing that puts all the power in WWE's hands. So who knows how far this is going to go, but I like that there's a lot of attention being paid to how these contract situations work out because WWE superstars are the most mistreated athletes in all of sports. If you throw it into that category. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Please, please let this be the one that actually takes one of these contract disputes to court and proves that these are unenforceable deals. It could be, yeah. I think they it would be a long fight, and WWE politically and from a money standpoint has all the advantages. So who knows if they would win, but they would have a very good chance if this went all uh, the way. But it's just, do they have the resources to compete with uh, what WWE would be throwing at them? Mm -hmm. Um. It's going from WWE to AEW and kind of WWE. So it was reported yesterday, and as we saw on the SmackDown broadcast, WWE Money in the Bank is moving to a smaller venue in uh, MGM Grand Garden Arena. It was originally supposed to happen in Allegiant Stadium in Vegas, 65,000 seats. But after only selling 17,000 tickets to this point, Russell Ticks uh, uh, predicted that they will sell around 25,000. So WWE is moving that to a smaller MGM Grand Garden Arena. CM Punk had bars for this. I have the article about that on my uh, Forbes channel. And uh, Tony Khan also got in on the fun on a Friday night. Tony Twitter fingers is back. He tweeted out yesterday, one of my favorite days, including great visits with fans and media, a trip to LA for the most fulfilling meeting of my life with Warner Brothers Discovery leadership and dinner with my dad and Dana White, where I got to break the news to Dana about money in the bank moving to MGM. And then of course, Today, AEW Rampage on TNT. I like how I said today, you know, during the day. So, uh, Tony Khan going in on WWE. What do you think of this situation between WWE, Money in the Bank, Tony Khan, ticket sales? Where do you want to start, Glenn? Well, I like tonight they're pitching it as the more intimate, intimate kind confines, the intimate confines of uh, MGM Garden Arena. It just makes me think uh, WWE, Money in the Bank, Cody Rhodes is going to be there in a luxurious bathrobe with some uh, uh, <laughs> Martini and Rossi, Asi Sponti, uh, Rianiti on ice. So nice. Pouring you a drink and having you come into the intimate confines of money in the bank. Perhaps we'll have, uh, you know, some of the soothing, soulful sounds. Maybe we'll have uh, Ezekiel return to Elias and bust down on the guitar to uh, serenade the audience. Sounds like a party. You know? Yes, I'm sure we'll have eight sensual matches. Sensual but tasteful. 
matches <laughs> in the uh, intimate confines of Money in the Bank at MGM Grand Garden Arena. <laughs> I laugh. I laugh when they say intimate confines. I was like, really? <laughs> like, really? That's how we're going to sell it? A lot of people are not talking about the fact that on the pre-sale, WWE had sold more tickets than what the MGM arena sits. So this yeah. could get messy when it comes to time to buy these tickets because these people got a refund and they're supposed to get first hands at the pre-sale. But it's a weird situation, right? Because I don't know that they would have gotten to 40,000. My question is, if, if you round that up, they have sold 20,000 tickets. Could they have gotten there? Because they hadn't announced anything and they were already almost at 20,000 tickets. Yeah. Or is this situation a matter of we're not going to get our big hitters for money in the bank? This is not going to sell more than this. Let's move in. Obviously, UFC has the T-Mobile Arena for that weekend. So they're just overall screwed out to have to go back to the dinosaur era arena that is the MGM Arena. Now, that arena has a lot of history, but especially sure, sure. when it comes to combat sports. But in my opinion right now, that one is like your very last option if you're running a company that big right now. But, you know, I, I think um, SummerSlam went against a big boxing event too. So it's like Tony Khan saying WWE taking on Dana White that weekend. It doesn't matter. If you go to Vegas, you're going to take on something no matter what. There is always something in Vegas. Well, and I, I was once upon a time, 25 years ago, I was a concert promoter. Never did anything arena level. I did promote the last Sublime show ever, though. That is hey. uh, my one footnote in uh, musical history. But um, I can tell you, that at Allegiant Stadium, at every venue, there's a certain minimum threshold you have to get to to break even on the cost of running it. Nick Khan, being a very dollars and cents oriented guy, said, okay, even if we sold 20,000 tickets, yeah. you really have to get to 40,000 at Allegiant. And then between 40 and 60 is where you really make your money, your profit. With MGM, I'm sure it's you know 10,000 uh people is the profit threshold and so they look at it and say okay we're not going to make as much but there's something here and uh i'm telling you you know i've thought about it as, as now as a las vegas resident i mean look there's unlimited options here since we've been in the uh laning uh waning later stages of the pandemic every live event i feel like has been happening here it's all been the it's the return to the grammys it's you know bts doing eight nights at allegiant there's been so many big events that i think people traveling to vegas is already hitting a little fatigue for a big weekend. But also, this isn't a big weekend like SummerSlam. There's no money in the bank access happening. There's nothing to really make it a vacation. And additionally, Las Vegas, and I know this from before I lived here, because I would have friends that would say, oh, we're going to Vegas for 4th of July. 4th of July weekend is the single most expensive time of the year, more expensive than New mm -hmm. Year's, to fly to Las Vegas, get a hotel in Las Vegas. So WWE is already asking a lot and not offering very much for the out-of-town crowd. And I think the in-town crowd is just a little numb to, to quote-unquote, the return of live events because we've been having that nonstop now for six months. And to yeah. Glenn's point, you're running two stadium shows in a month. If I'm looking at the cost as an out-of-town fan, I'm going to go to Nashville. I think it's, it's, it was ridiculous to book two stadium shows that might require fans to travel in the same month because people are going to take a look at it. And, and even by name value, I know they're trying to grow the name value of money in the bank, but SummerSlam has a bigger name value. So if fans have to pick which one am I going to travel to, Nashville looks like a more and more appealing option. Yeah, and I, and I love money in the bank. It is... Yeah. Probably that and Royal Rumble are my two favorite pay-per-views, even more than WrestleMania. But it's not... Look... SummerSlam access, WrestleMania access, these things make it like Comic-Con and Money in the Bank. Like, there's not, not even a takeover that was announced that weekend. Like, oh, great, I'm going to Vegas. 
to stay for three days in the single most expensive time of the year with the single most expensive airfare. And I hate to say it, I think inflation as well. People are yeah. going to be for the next, just given the economic uncertainty right now, I do think people are going to be a little more mindful of what their big expenses are. The narrative surrounding WWE moving these events is going to paint them as kind of a failure with this money in the bank event. And you can absolutely make that the case. What my question is, is, is this going to be part of the norm? Is this the first time we're going to see WWE do something like this? Because there were a couple weeks ago, just a couple weeks ago, there was a report that Nick Khan and WWE wants to do more stadium shows. And if they don't sell the 25, you know, if they sell 15,000 seats in a 50,000 arena, the way it was put, then whatever, we'll make more ticket revenue. Uh, my question is, are they going to then skip, move the event? Because that's exactly what happened with this, is they booked the stadium, they sold about 17,000 tickets, and now they're going to a smaller venue. I wonder if they're going to keep doing this. And if you look at what Money in the Bank did last year, which was their first event back in front of live crowds, tickets were hot. They did 14,000 tickets. This yeah. time around, it's going to look like 25,000 tickets. This might be a carny trick that WWE pulls time and again, where they announce a stadium for a B-level show, and then, oh, we only sold 20,000 tickets for Judgment Day. Oh, no. And then they move to a small venue. Now, I don't agree with that. I think it's kind of weird to do that type of Cardi booking, but it's a battle of philosophies. Are they going to go with what I think Vince McMahon would be thinking that we don't want to keep putting out the perception that we have to move to these smaller venues. That's not a good philosophy. But from Nick Khan, the dollars and cents guy, he'll say, screw what these people say on the internet. We're going to make way more money off these pay-per-views if we trick them into thinking we're going to be in stadiums. And all mm. of those things I think are possible in the wrestling business. But the one thing they're really discounting is walk-up business. Right. You know, yes. with this. Especially I'm, in Vegas. And AEW, look, this is not, I'm painting with some very broad strokes here, but I think AEW, you're a hardcore fan. You know, if you want to go to an AEW pay-per-view, you got to buy those tickets day one. You're buying on the secondary market. You do not even think about showing up unless maybe you're going alone and just hoping you could bum a ticket outside. WWE, mass appeal. The brand is more powerful than any individual superstar on the card. You want parents to be able to say to their kids like, oh, hey, there's you know a two-for-one deal. Let's go and get the cheap seats and hang out 4th of July and see some professional wrestling. WWE's walk-up business, I think th th there's much more of a mentality for that, but it's not enough to fill 40,000 seats at no. a stadium. No, it's not. You're absolutely right. I just remember when they announced it, when I was at SummerSlam, I remember seeing the announcement and just seeing the date and the first thing out of my mouth was, yikes, because I love yeah. traveling to Vegas. I'll find any excuse to go to Vegas. Mm -hmm. But when I saw the weekend that it was on, I was like, uh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, and I don't think, uh, you know, they're competing against themselves with SummerSlam. Uh, so before we get into Rampage and SmackDown, what else, what else we got, Alfred? Our final story is a potentially developing story behind the scenes over at WWE's Jeff Jarrett has reportedly accepted a job on the live event side, and it is described as a high level executive position in PW Insider. Guys, I've been saying for years, WWE just does not have any middle-aged white guys who mm. just connect this audience to a younger audience and they finally finally found one in jeff jarrett who will be coming back to wwe to help with the live event side something to keep an eye on as we're in this transitional period with no stephanie mcmahon for now no uh, triple h's duties scaled back uh very interesting i think and something that people should keep an eye on glenn I think uh, working for Conrad Thompson is your ro road back to employment <laughs> at a major wrestling organization. Apparently. Yeah, do a podcast <laughs> with Conrad. You know, you need a, need a gig. You're, you're a little, you know, the bloom is off the rose. Get that podcast gig with Conrad. You'll be hired by AEW or WWE. <laughs> 
Magic touch? Uh, go for him. I think the WWE live events could take all the help they can get because they're not. Re- I see the videos on the weekends and I'm like, why is half of this arena empty? <laughs> yeah, and they've been so, trying a lot of things like calling them Saturday night's main event and Sunday stunner and whatnot. So yeah. it really does need a retooling. It. You listen, Jeff Jarrett has been in the wrestling business his whole life. He literally grew up in it and he's, you know, comes from a wrestling promoter family, started TNA, which gave WWE run for their money for about two seconds. And he would have a mind for, you know, principles of how to get people into a building. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Anything else? Nothing else. That is your news for today. There we go. So let's talk about that AEW Rampage, Las Vegas live show, hot crowd. That's it. Love this show. Love this Versus episode of Rampage. Brian Danielson opening up burner of a match. Danielson getting the win. Alfred, what did you think of this match to kick off your Friday night of professional wrestling? Exactly what I expected, which is a great technical wrestling match between these two. I, I very much enjoyed it. It really got the crowd into it. Uh, this crowd is weird. I, I thought they were going to be hot throughout, um, because especially after watching this match, especially because they're there for a pay-per-view. But they did pick and choose what they wanted, and uh, but this was one of the matches that obviously got them. So I thought this was a good match on paper, and it looked great in the ring. You said? Yeah, this was a lot of fun. Always fun to see Brian, you know, just go against so many different people and just watching him use all these different techniques, all these different finishers. It just, I, it feels like he's finishing every match with a different move or a different submission, yeah. and it's just fun to watch him. And you know, it's it's a way to get him out there in front of the crowd to hype up this anarchy in the arena match, which I can't wait to see what the actual rules of this match is gonna be. I'm actually excited. Mm. I know Alfred, we were talking about which matches we're excited about. I think there's gonna be a cluster F in the best way possible. Yeah. So yeah. And, and I love commentary, the back and forth on commentary for this match. It was a lot of banter and it was fun. I, yeah, I really enjoyed recall. tonight's Dynamite. I mean, Rampage, I have to admit it. I have fun all yeah. throughout until the end got weird, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, Regal was uh, fantastic on commentary yeah. in this match. And what I love about Brian Danielson is here we are in this era with so many larger-than-life personalities of the the flips, kicks, tricks, and spectacle. And Brian Danielson is just a submission technician in the ring. Um, and putting on a clinic in this match. That was very good. I mean, even like winning with a uh, chokehold double wrist lock. Uh, there's something very old school and his passion for this medium. So after all this time comes through, I like that for a guy in AEW that hasn't gotten the biggest push, but I don't think he wants the biggest push. I think he's here because he wants to work with this talent. I like that you still feel, I mean, think about he was away from this game, forced to retire by WWE for all those years. Just he's never phoning it in, even on the opening match of a show like this, of what's you know probably the, the busiest, craziest week in AEW history. He's going out there giving his all and still at the top of his game. So I thought this was a fantastic match to open the show. I think he thrives in situations like this where he just gets yeah. to wrestle and he gets to, even in an opening match, I think he's much more comfortable here than he would be in a WrestleMania event and or main event. And I know that because during WrestleMania, uh, what was it, 30, they followed him around in cameras and that's all it was. Is he was very uncomfortable with the amount of fame that he had reached and he's just a guy who wants to wrestle. So he would much rather do this than the WrestleMania main event. I think if you ask him which match was he more, would he rather have it's a match like this yeah yeah i and he looks younger better than ever shape wise he's having fun you can tell that he's having fun i'm a little sad he wasn't part of the owen hart tournament because i would have picked him to win the whole thing to begin with but i i i I like what they're doing with him as well maybe you're right glenn maybe he doesn't want the push and he just wants to wrestle i don't mind um the stable that he's a part of right now 
He's yeah. getting pushed, so let's not pretend that they're like jobbing him right, out. Right. He is a top yeah. guy who almost never loses, and he's uh, going to be in a high-profile match. Alfred, they jobbed him out to the ramp. Come on. Come on. <laughs> the ramp did go over. <laughs> but no, it's, it's kind of nice that um, it's like there are bands. You know, great example of this. Uh, I think uh, Fish is probably the all-time example for, for our era, Grateful Dead before them, of bands that don't get the radio hits, don't get the videos on MTV, uh, don't write singles, but people go to their concerts and will just watch them riff and jam and practice their craft of making great music at the top of their game. And I think Brian Danielson is that for professional wrestling. He's not there to come up with a catchphrase anymore. He's been there. He's done that. You know, in a way, it's almost like Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam was on top of the world with hits and videos and said, you know what? We want to be a album-oriented rock band. Brian Danielson's in that phase of his career where he can go on there and practice his art, do what he loves, be at the top of his game, but he doesn't have to worry about getting over based on some arbitrary uh, TV mindset. I think Brian Danielson is the Nas of pro wrestler, where, like, everybody will acknowledge he's one of the greatest of all time, even on a mainstream basis. But he doesn't have the biggest commercial success. You know, there really aren't too many commercial Nas anthems. He makes street anthems. And Brian Danielson makes like street classics for like the pro wrestling hipsters rather than too many of a catalog of mainstream hits. In in many ways, Brian Danielson is like the Jeff Goldblum of professional wrestling. (laughs) Yes, he was in commercial movies and he had huge hits and he had things that, you know, put him on the map and got him known. But now he just wants to do his own thing, star in the roles that he believes. He doesn't need money. He invested wisely. Things are good. He's just, you know, living, living the dream, man. 100% 100% I love that. I love Jeff Goldblum. Who doesn't? I don't trust people who don't like Jeff Goldblum. Yes, and I uh, don't know enough about any other industry to take this routine further. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, talk about, well, Hookhouse, and we got a bit of a recap. They're journeying to a tag team, but look, that was immediately overshadowed by the Young Bucks cosplaying as the Hardys tonight. Probably one of the single oh best homages we have ever seen in professional wrestling, accompanied the ring by Gangrel. Uh, coming out there with Brandon Cutler, their cameraman. Now, Brandon Cutler's attire did bear a certain <laughs> resemblance to a female superstar who recently yeah. <laughs> got a push on SmackDown before moving to Raw. Cutler as Lena was the best thing of this whole thing. Oh, I wasn't even going to say that. I was going to say, like, what he was wearing looked very similar to uh, Lacey Evans' new gear. No. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. No, no. no. Oh, my God. For the younger I, generation. For the younger, yeah. I for the younger, popped, for the kids. I popped so hard for this. I was in tears. I screamed. I screamed out loud. I like, know they freaking did it. It was so entertaining. They got me for a second. Commentary was also playing it off the entire time. Like, that's gotta be Jim Hardy. This was very well done. And it was fun. It was fun. And there's just there's a way to do these comedy fun things without it getting dumb. And I, I, I just loved everything about this. I think I went back and watched the clip again a million times because they tweeted it out. It was genius. This was so good. I was furious they wasted it on an afternoon edition of Rampage. This should have either been on Dynamite or even at the pay-per-view. They could have wrestled the Hardys in these outfits because they really haven't built this up as a very serious feud, as you saw tonight. So I would have been fine with them doing this at the pay-per-view where a lot of people are watching. It would have trended even harder. But this was hilarious. Even down to Gangrel. Like, they really went in on mocking the Hardys and doing this cosplaying thing. I thought this was hilarious. It was a very funny response to the Hardys saying that the Young Bucks are Hardy cosplayers. And this is this is great. I just think it's such a waste to do it on this show. 
Oh my God. So good. This, this was absolutely phenomenal. Watch that. I mean, you should watch all of this tonight. This was a fun show. And again, we, oh, here's the thing as consumers, we need to vote with our dollars and we need to vote with our attention. If you do not normally watch AEW, I would definitely urge you that anytime they are doing a live show that they are broadcasting live, you make an effort to tune in and you make an effort to tweet about it because the more we can do to reinforce to AEW, they're making Rampage um, equal to Dynamite in terms of attention, energy, and effort is going to give us better Rampages going forward and not just turn it into AEW's main event. Right. Yeah, yeah, there could be a mobilized effort like that. Yeah, um, but of course they won over John Cruz and Taylor Rust. And uh, yeah, remember Taylor after- Rust? He was Tyler Rust in NXT. I actually really like that kid. I thought he had something. I don't really remember him. Yeah, he was there for a cup of coffee, not very long. Yeah, uh, then they got into it after uh, Matt delivered a twist of fate. Uh, yeah. It was good. It's good times. The real Hardys came out, but were they yes. the real Hardys? I don't know. It's true. Yes. Uh, this is confusing, Matt and Jeff and Matt and Nick. But yeah, the real Hardys there were great. But I agree. You know, they should have saved this for the pay per view. Even Did with Jeff the help with the face paint. The face paint was too good for it to not have Jeff Hardy involved. Like, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we see how they did this whole thing on BTE because I'm very curious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Max Caster with Dante Martin. Yeah. Let's go. Anthony Bowens. Um, so what did you think tonight of Max Caster, uh, and the acclaims freestyle rap tonight? phenomenal i mean the bar is about the bunny ranch with this vegas crowd i mean they, just one bar after another hit hard and then it even got better afterwards with the ass boys getting the city wrong i thought that was very funny how they did that where both of them got it wrong uh before bones came back in i thought this was a very good uh this stable is going to be such fire I think this is my favorite stable in all the aw when they have this trios division i want them involved in some form of fashion i thought it was great Lisa? Yeah, I, I I had a lot of fun listening to this and, and Anthony Bowens in the in the wheelchair. Like I don't know if you've been following on Twitter, but they're just taking him all over Las Vegas in, in the little wheelchair, which has been hilarious. I wasn't convinced about this table, and after tonight, I I absolutely love this combination. I think they're great. Yeah. Um, good match. Dante it was Martin a great match. It was a good match. Yeah, Dante got tired of their crap and just like jumped, <laughs> like jumped them halfway through the through the entrance, which was funny. I thought, uh, yeah, this was good. Uh, but with the acclaimed, it's not really about the match. I don't really care about the right. Match. It's not, but also they do lose a lot. I will say that, like the acclaimed, do lose a lot of matches. Eventually, you know, if you really want to push the stables, they gotta start getting some wins. The acclaimed are the Enzo and Cass of AEW. Yeah. Ah, that's a good comparison. I mean, if they won as much as they did, then they would move as much merch as the Enzo and Cass were. Right. Well, they need to get the, the merch part down, but the wins. Enzo and Cass actually were not a huge winning tag team and never had a title. Did, uh, I, did they never win the tag titles? Nope. No. Never happened. On NXT? Nope. No. Wow. They should have. Wow. Take over Brooklyn, they should have. I mean, I know that, I mean, the Vaudevillains and Blue Pants and that whole thing was good, and I like uh, Leva Bates a lot, but Come on. 
Hey, I'm with Roman, man. I'm furious. I think that is BS that they never won that title. Uh, so Scorpio Sky got a new TNT championship. Beautiful. Dan Lambert, uh, who buys his clothes at Costco, was out there. <laughs> uh i like i feel like he's just i feel like he's personally doing this now just to rub it in further i feel like i said it and now he's just like he's going to costco every week and looking for something kirkland makes just to show it off on tv you're on national television i'm on a podcast that's watched by a fraction of your audience and i think about what i'm going to wear more than you do dan lambert (laughs) i hope he wears a kirkland shirt at the pay-per-view i pray that he does uh so what do you think of scorpio sky's new tnt championship isa it's not my favorite sorry alfred (laughs) there's been so many tnt titles i've lost track of all the designs i think i really like the one that miro had made but i'm also a fan of these champs coming in and making the belt their own this is a scorpio sky belt if i ever saw one so i kind of pop for that the lakers colors i mean beautiful but um i just it's weird because you don't even know what title what the title looks like also again the title not being defended i'm excited for the match don't get me wrong but the title not being defended and yet another pay-per-view just feels like it doesn't have a lot of value and we've got three belts now so is everyone on america's top team gonna get a version of the tnt championship I mean, <laughs> you do have the capacity to do that but they did destroy one of them and retire oh, the yeah. the other one but I, I like it kind of reminded me of Goldust's intercontinental title when he made it all gold but i just liked it all dripped in gold i thought it looked good it looked good on the champion and uh if so now that everybody's going to get these custom titles uh, my question is if sammy guevara wins his title back is his custom title straps going to be stuck together wow hmm. well he was backstage guevara ty conti and uh kazarian America's top team headquarters, and they smashed the glass, took all the UFC titles. Such no, when I thing. tell you, I scream at the BMF title. I was like, do not touch that belt. <laughs> <laughs> I did get a little nervous. Segment for them. This was, I know, this was a good segment for them. This really got them heat, at least with me. I'm a big MMA fan, and I was like, don't, don't do this. Do not do this. So I was excited to see them finally not do the whole we're going to sit backstage and make out and actually do something that, you know, kind of could really hurt them pop for this, but please, please do not do anything dirty on the BMF title. For Christ. Oh, that's, what they, that's what they tease. They said that they're going, to, they're going to fornicate with that title. They're going to turn BMF into a Pornhub category. The rock will never touch it again. Come on. <laughs> the mm. rock did, and they were saying all those are one of ones. It's, I was getting nervous yeah. watching them like attack all these things. Like I don't know if they are. It did look like the legit belts in uh, in America's Top Team, and I'm sure they took precautions. Yeah. But man, those some of those belts were falling all over the place, and you know you never know if it could break the plates or anything. I also kind of popped for that too, where he was gonna like take the TNT title, and they were like, "No, bro, take this one. It's worth more." I'm like, "Yeah, look at all the stuff that you have around there. You're gonna take the TNT title? Like that's probably the least <laughs> worth out of all of the belts in there." <laughs> <laughs> well, um, where's the Darby Allen's promo? He's facing uh, Rilo Kiley at uh, Double or Nothing. Why Darby, such an accomplished filmmaker and artist in his own right, who used to make these great little short films, very cinematic, why are they having him do the most generic look into the camera backstage promos now? Because they just added this match. They just decided to add this match, like, what, two days ago? So... 
it did feel like they were going over the card one last time. Like, oh, damn it, Darby's not on this? And they just yeah. threw him into a random match with no story. So this isn't befitting of the film Noir that we see from Darby Allen because there's no story behind this. There's no story he can tell. I'm sure he'll do well, something Kyle before O'Reilly's the entrance. The one that, Kyle O'Reilly's technically the one that took out Sting. Oh, that's right. That's the story. Yes, that Sting yeah. cannot medically travel, so they can do something with right. that. But very rushed storyline especially with a star as big as Darby Allen but that's always going to be a problem with AEW we were talking about Brian Danielson earlier there's going to be big stars with not a lot to do from time to time due to the limited TV time and, and you speaking of this and them going over the car I feel like this um mixed trios match should have been announced with patience and should have been announced ahead of time like this one just adding it tonight um I, I think that's something that people would have looked forward to I mean they're going to do their best to advertise it and all that in the two days that they have but if you knew you were going to do it, why not just make it official before tonight? Hmm. Yeah, I know. I agree. Uh, but let's talk about the main event. Ruby Soho versus Chris Statlander. Semifinals for the Owen Hart Foundation women's tournament match. Winner goes on to face Britt Baker. I, I just need to say, first and foremost, this was one of the best women's matches in AW. Excellent women's main event. Even though Ruby Soho so over with the crowd, Chris Statlander had the audience so won over in this that do you think, Alfred, first, that it was the wrong move to not call an audible and still have Ruby Soho win this match over recently uh, naturalized alien Chris Statlander? <laughs> uh, I think this was a fine decision. I thought the crowd was actually pretty split. They were chanting for both. Uh, but I did think that this was an excellent match in a very good main event. And I'm fine with Ruby Soho winning because her and Britt Baker had a pretty good feud last time around, a good match. And uh, AEW rarely does rematches. And so I have no problem with them running it back here. Uh, it was very rushed in terms of toward the end where Ruby had to cut this promo where she was uh, at the end of the match and didn't have a lot of time and they really had to rush through it. And then she also kind of ad-libbed in terms of dealing with the crowd because the t- crowd completely yeah. turned on Ruby Soho. All wrestling knows how to do is book these mean girls. It's the only type of character they know how to get over. So they've gotten over this mean girl in Britt Baker and the fans wanted to hear from Britt. So when Ruby Soho came in and cut that off, they were not having any of it. So very awkward end to the show. Lisa? Yeah. I really like this match. Chris Statlander has grown on me so much. She's improved so much in the ring as somebody that I wasn't too familiar with until I started watching AEW. She just looks like a beast. And, and I, I would like to see her get some wins. In my personal opinion is they made the right call here because Chris wasn't even supposed to be in this tournament to begin with. So it would have been weird to see somebody that got added in there to kind of like take it all the way. But my issue here is with what happened at the end. If Ruby was scheduled to win the whole thing, are they going to change that decision now because of the crowd reaction tonight and and let Britt Baker win the tournament? That was my main concern here because I feel like the fans turned on her, like you said, when um, she didn't let Britt speak. And maybe them seeing backstage that people were still so high on Britt Baker, I wonder if that's going to possibly take that opportunity away from Ruby because I was all up for a new person getting to win the tournament just to kind of like it's a different way to establish someone you haven't established yet so that's my biggest concern on this whole thing but overall this was a great match it was fun it was any main event that which makes me very happy yeah um who do you think though Britt Baker came out at the end uh, didn't really get to say anything because Ruby Soho was was dominant I felt like Ruby Soho was doing damage control at the end of this Yes, definitely. Yeah. 
That's what she even so, acknowledged it, but she knew what she, she wasn't supposed to do, but she had to say, I know, guys, I know, because the boos were just so loud and vociferous. So do they call do they call an audible? Does Ruby get injured and can't compete and Chris goes to the final? Do they does Ruby lose to no. Brit and then Chris? I mean, what do they do now? I mean, who knows what that means to call an audible? It's not like Ruby was owed a victory in this tournament i no, when this it's tournament about time started, thought Britt baker was gonna win this whole thing uh and i could see her winning it and then maybe challenging jade in the summer i mean i, I think whether it's 99 and 0 or whether it's 49 and 0 i think a dream scenario would be for when jade cargill gets to one of those pivotal numbers to get to number 50 or to get to number 75 or 100 you have to beat Britt baker there's money in that yeah yeah i pop so, i pop for Britt baker's uh johnny depp's shirt by the way yeah yeah uh so double or nothing there will be coverage on wrestling inc sunday night very quickly let's talk a little bit about that card since this was the go home show sunday night at double or nothing we are going to see wow, 13 matches 13 matches Ooh, oh my goodness what a marathon in the desert okay so hookhausen are definitely beating tony niece and smart mark sterling absolutely yes jade cargill's beating anna jay Yes. Yes. 100%. Okay. House of Black versus Death Triangle probably doesn't matter who wins. It's going to be a great match. No. Yeah. I mean, they had a great six man. They had that exact match last time during the buy in at uh, the yeah. last pay per view. This field has been going on forever. Yeah. Uh, the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. Again, really doesn't matter who wins. We all win as the audience. Yeah. I hope the Young Bucks show up dressed as the Hardys again. So Jericho Appreciation Society versus the Blackpool Combat Club in an anarchy in the arena match, given that the stadium stampede was a COVID era backstage tape match, it's interesting with this anarchy in the arena to see. Uh, I mean, I guess they're just going to be fighting all over the place with the crowd there. Yeah, Maybe. this will be very interesting to see how they construct a very unique match. I think it's going to be good because there's just too many good people involved, but it could also be a cluster. It could also be one of those like <laughs> yeah. halfway into the match. Nobody knows what's going on. The commentary's lost the plot. This will be Excalibur is going to need to really carry the guys through this one. I think. I just hope that the people attending double or nothing are very safe and careful because Jericho's a wizard. He's throwing around fireballs. If you're in the crowd, they're fighting in the crowd. It could get ugly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so MJF versus Wardlow, Issa, who you got? I mean, they're my two favorites. I, I'm always going to root for MJF, but Wardlow should win this, and the ovation is going to be insane when he finally puts MJF on that powerbomb symphony. So I'm going to say Wardlow, even though MJF is my favorite. Well, Alfred, is Tony Khan going to punish MJF given how outspoken he's been about AEW? And his desire to leave. Is, no, I don't think any of this is punishment. I mean, he's in a big spot. I think the plan was for him to lose this. They're using the Batista formula to book Wardlow. And Wardlow even said he's going to set the world powerbomb record. So I expect this to be pretty much a squash in Wardlow just powerbombing MJF to the high heavens. Uh, let's say, I'll say 19 powerbombs we're going to get. Whatever happens, coming out of this match, the story is going to be the amount of times he powerbombed MJF. I say 19. So if you had told me on paper without having seen tonight that Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho, I would have said Ruby Soho, this is her time. Given the crowd reaction tonight, I'm feeling pretty good about Britt Baker's win. Never bet against Britt Baker. Alfred? Yeah. I, yeah, I think she does not need it, but she's one of the bigger stars. 
I see her winning because I do think that they're going to try to get to Britt versus Jade sooner rather than later, which I think they should wait, but I see Britt Baker winning this. Yeah. Now Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole in the men's Owen Hart tournament. That's going to be so good. That's going to be so good. I can't believe it's the first time match. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, it's crazy. They didn't yeah, fight me in NXT? Or oh. ROH. Wow. Well, he was long, he was gone from ROH by then. Yeah, I'm going like, to say Samoa Joe. Really? Okay. Yeah. Me too. I hope Samoa Joe wins his match. I think he needs it more. Samoa Joe. Okay, there you go. Uh, although they love their Adam Cole. Uh, yeah, they, could, they could do the storyline that Britt Baker and Adam Cole both won the Owen Hart thing. It could be that, you know, they have their matching. Yeah, that, that won't be obnoxious at all. Uh, <laughs> Jurassic Express versus Team Taz versus Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Team Taz. Somebody black is going to win. That's what I love about this. They're doing a losing streak storyline with Jungle Boy where he's losing, losing, losing. Christian screws Jungle Boy, and I don't care. Somebody black's going to win. I hope I'm leaning toward Keith and Swerve. I think they're really starting to kind of cook together as tag team. I want to see Keith and Swerve go away with this belt, but it's going to be a great night of black history here at uh, AEW Double or Nothing. Team pass. So Thunder Rosa is defending the AEW World's Women Championship against Serena Deeb. Uh... Alfred, who you got? Um, not either of them. I mean, they both feel like losers going into this. Not the fault of their own, but I've got Thunder Rosa. You know, this this has been a horrible storyline. Exposed a lot about AEW uh, and really got me to thinking about the larger picture. I had an existential crisis about women's wrestling watching this storyline. That's how bad it's been. Wow. Uh, but uh, I think Thunder Rosa is going to win this match. I've had the same crisis watching. Thunder Rosa's entire reign. It's been sad. I couldn't wait for her to get her hands on this title and the way they booked her and tweeted her. It's just sad. But I'm going to say Thunder Rosa here. We'll see what they move her on to. Yeah. Um, so after that, Rilo Kylie is facing Darby Allen in the for an AW singles match. Lord help me make it through this match. I know. I mean, Darby's got to win because he's avenging Sting. And because it's Kyle O'Reilly. I mean, come on, you're not putting him over. Yeah. I, although I was shocked that they beat Jungle Boy, but that's because they're telling a story with Jungle Boy. Unless they're telling some long-term story, I mean, you know, Darby Allen just has to win this match. Sure. <laughs> I'm with you. They, they, didn't get, they didn't do anything to let us care about this match. Okay, so mixed tag, Sammy Guevara, Frankie Kazarian, Tay Conti versus Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, and Paige Van Zant. They have to win. Scorpio Sky, Ethan, and Paige have to win. Okay. Yeah. And boy, if they win, that means no more title shot for Sammy Guevara, which I'd be all Thank for. This storyline yeah. is all backwards. They've got these heels now have to act like baby faces, but they're still acting like heels with this belt situation. And then you've got the Scorpio Sky was a great baby face for a couple of weeks, but he's immediately gone back heel. So they're just all over the place with the booking here. When they have potentially a great heel couple in Sammy and Ty, they're overthinking themselves. So yes, beat Sammy and Ty and move them away from this so they could do something else and be heels. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, here's the real question. Hangman Adam Page versus CM Punk mm. or the AEW Championship. I feel like this actually is unpredictable. Mm -hmm. I feel like really? every other paper. I, I feel like the last few pay-per-views, especially from full gear on, it, you know who was going to walk away with. It didn't make you enjoy the match less, but you knew who was winning. 
I feel like this could go either way. And it's going to make, I, I feel like it's going to be historic for AEW regardless. CM Punk winning a world title in 2022 is a huge deal. And Adam Page beating CM Punk will solidify him as an AEW champ and maybe do a little turn based on what he teased last Wednesday. I am going to say Adam Page, but I'm not, I am very 50-50 on this. It's keeping me up at night, you guys. Yeah, and this is going to be a very hot match because of that. I think they've done a great job not really telegraphing who's potentially going to win this match. I think Hangman Adam Page has to win this match. It just doesn't feel like CM Punk is going to win the title. I feel like he could win, but I just feel like it's such a big deal, CM Punk winning his first AEW World title. I feel like the run-up would kind of telegraph that this that's what you're paying for in a pay-per-view. And the fact that they've kind of gone even here, and I do think Hangman Adam Page is going to win. What I do think is going to happen based on the story they started to tell here, if Hangman Adam Page wins here, CM Punk wins it all out in Chicago, potentially mm. as a heel. I think that's going to be his heel turn. Is He's maybe going to cheat to win. I think it'd be crazy to do that in Chicago, but I do think CM Punk wins that world title as a heel at the next pay-per-view. I mean, you know how well they treat CM Punk in Chicago. His only loss happened in Chicago. Yeah. (laughs) We shall see Sunday Night Wrestling Inc. All the coverage. Now, there was a little gap tonight. It was weird, given how uh, the shows went, whether we had AEW on 630 Eastern. SmackDown started at 8 o'clock Eastern. So I had a half hour to fill. I was hoping Channel's MoviePlex was showing you got served. And uh, now I've seen this before, but I turned on, I think, at the absolute best part. Of course, we all know, you know, for the recap, uh, the the dance crew had broken up. Uh, There were issues over a girl between David and Elgin. And then Lil Saint, unfortunately, uh, uh, was was killed. So they got back together. They put their differences aside. They came back as a little saints. And they took on Wade's crew in the Big Bounce Dance Competition for $50,000 and a chance to uh, appear on a Little Kim video. The dance uh, battle did end in a tie, but Little Kim said no rules, straight hood, street style. We were going to have Wade's crew and the Little Saints face off. Alfred, what did you think of the two dance routines of the Little Saints and Wade's crew going head to head in the finale of You Got Served? I thought it was great. I, I used to have some of it memorized, um, and I could probably do it if I was watching along, but uh, Little Saints... You know, I'm with Little Saints, and I, that was a great finale. I mean, You Got Served is a very underrated love story, hip-hop cultural movie. I love it. Now, You know, Lisa. I don't mean to change the subject, but I was just going to say, while you talk about Just Got Served being such a good movie, recently, Honey was on, and I watched it, and I realized how terrible it is and how I actually used to think that it was a good dance movie. <laughs> oh, my God, it's so bad. <laughs> That's all. That's all Nothing. I Nothing beats You Got Served. The only flaw with You Got Served is only at the end, really. They do not say You Got Served to one another, really. No, I like that movie with Julia Stiles. What was that name of that movie? Save the Last Last Dance. Dance. Oh, my God. Come on. That's a classic. I do need to watch Step Up Revolution because I do believe they're dancing to save a community center or neighborhood, uh, much in the style of Breaking Yeah, that's what they did in Honey. Oh, I do. Remember a simpler time when all of our problems could be solved with just dancing to save... I mean, center. I would rather uh-huh. dance for the remaining of this episode than talk about SmackDown. <laughs> Before they moved all of our problems to the internet, that's how you got things done, is you held a dance competition at a community center. Yeah. Or a and rap battle. They got yeah, Lil' or- Kim for the movie and you got served, but we didn't get to see. Over the end credits, they should have really had the Lil' Saints in the music video. Yeah. 
dancing. And I looked it up. Uh, that dude in Wade's crew is not actually Derek from some 41. Although with the spiky hair, he really looks like it. <laughs> so solving mysteries, but that's what I did with my half hour between wrestling shows. Isa, how about you? Uh, I can't remember what I did. Wow. Alfred. Oh, actually I was setting up for my stream cause I did a SmackDown watch along, which I completely stopped as soon as Drew McIntyre <laughs> showed up as a surprise opponent. So I drove home from work. So, cause it was happening during the day and, uh, Came back yes. to the house oh. to get ready. Couple super chats from the Tornado Anthony Wise saying Alfred is here, the VP of the Tornado Nation. Hey, that's right, VP of Tornado Nation. June 13th, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, as long as he keeps his hands to himself, the stage behind the barricade, I will be the VP of Tornado Nation, ladies and gentlemen. When did you promote it? I, I, you know, he promoted me. I guess the board of directors had a meeting and they announced me as the vice president of Tornado Nation. Hey, that threat level is at eight. Did you guys see that? The threat level for this tornado is at 8 of June 13th. Roman Reigns, you better be ready. Well, does Anthony Wise, does Tornado have a pro wrestling tea store? I mean, come on, let's uh, make this legit. Oh, you know? Yeah. yeah. Alfred can, can buy that merch before this <laughs> store has to get taken down when things go horribly wrong at the live event. Um, <laughs> he promised me he'd be on his best behavior. Just like okay. Bobcat promised Larry Sanders and Arthur. <laughs> Same thing he said to me. <laughs> it's a very deep reference. It's only for me and Glenn. <laughs> well, I got it. Speaking of which, I watched all of World's Greatest Dad again the other night, which Dear Evan Hansen ripped off completely. It's the exact same idea, just okay. differently. But uh, of Bobcat Goldthwait's direct directorial efforts, World's Greatest Dad is by far like uh, the best. Rob Williams, underrated performance. In that. It's like we got merch coming soon, according to Anthony Wilde. Oh, there you go. Um, so let's talk about SmackDown. Do we have a oh, uh, well, he was, he was saying he was out, but now he's back. Oh, okay. Anthony okay. was leaving, but he's back. So if, if you have something you want us to read in good taste, uh, feel free to hit that super chat button and uh, give some money to Raj Giri. He appreciates it. Yes. Anyhow, uh, let's talk about SmackDown tonight. The Usos. Well, you didn't like the okay, Usos? I did promo? like this. I did Come like on. this. I did like the promo. They got me for a second. I was like, why are they all up in their fields? <laughs> 12 years in wrestling, babyface promo till the end, where just, oh, that heel turn. They just, they, they hooked you, and they were like, we don't need any of you. We did this on our own. I hated this. They did not hook this crowd. WWE has overdone this ever since Mark Henry became the GOAT at this. Delivered one of, not, not one of, I'm sorry. Delivered the best performance anybody will ever see in a pro wrestling ring. That was Mark Henry doing this, and since they did that, that, listen to the highest standard of that. Since they did that, which is a GOAT performance, now everybody has to cut this long-winded, fake sincere. This crowd saw it coming from a mile away. There was a point where the Usos stopped hoping that the crowd would chant their names. It literally, it took, it sounded, it felt like it took forever. Like they were in there for 20 minutes waiting because this crowd did not buy it for a second. They knew where this was going. And then finally, they started chanting their name kind of, and then they went to the, just kidding, got you, psych. We don't like you people. So it just, it was very painful watching this whole thing develop disrespectful to the Usos and the 12 year hard work they put on. Yes, congratulations to their 12 years though. It's a beautiful story. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. I wanted to really like tonight's show. Wanted to. That was my expectation. There uh, were things it, I was a, it was a tough show to get through. <laughs> well, so uh, Shizuke Nakamura came out to Yay. say they want to challenge for the tag team titles. Not with Rick Boogs, who's still had an injury, but oh, who's his surprise partner? And that would be Matt Riddle or Little Riddle, 
as the Usos referred to him, which by the way, that's, that's gold right there for a gimmick rebrand. Yes. Shinsuke and Matt Riddle, the dream team. Yeah. How did Matt, how did Shinsuke manage to get a better surprise opponent than the New Day? And they, he didn't even hype it up. He just kind of was like, okay, here we go. Um, this made absolutely no sense. I think they tried to put it together by saying it was Randy's idea because mm. somehow they got to put it together because I, I was watching and I'm like, this makes zero sense whatsoever. I thought Riddle might have been the next one for Roman. I don't know how we get there, but this was weird to me. Yeah, it is weird that they're kind of replacing Randy Orton for now. I don't know if this is part of a story to get to Riddle versus or versus Roman, but it does seem like for the time being, it's going to be Riddle and Shinsuke. I really thought that Riddle was going to return that night and just give an RKO out of nowhere, but I don't know how long he's going to be out. But listen, the thing with Riddle, though, is anybody who teams with Riddle becomes like infinitely more entertaining. We saw this with Pete Dunne. We saw this with Thatcher. We saw this with Orton even. So him and Shinsuke, who's already entertaining on his own, I think if they are a team for, you know, a couple of weeks or short-term thing, I think that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. It's something to do. (laughs) Uh, That seems to be the motto for SmackDown. Yeah. (laughs) So two weeks ago, we loved Ronda Rousey's open challenge and Raquel Rodriguez answering it. That is not happening anymore. Now, uh, it is a different ball game. We had backstage Natalia, Aliyah, Zaylee, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi Blackheart. Kind of get everyone pissed. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed her amping everyone up uh, and some unity amongst the five. But Aliyah did lock Shotzi in the dressing room after. Uh, but then we had. Ronda Rousey versus Raquel Rodriguez, which got interrupted by Natalia and Shayna and then became a tag Ronda and Raquel versus Natalia and Shayna. Uh, Alfred, what'd you think of this match? It was fine. I thought it was a little silly how they did the locker room thing. And they, you know, I, it's funny that Shotzi got locked in the locker as comeuppance from Aaliyah, but it was kind of canned and I, I didn't really, I wasn't a fan of how this whole thing was produced and women are just kind of standing in a line, but at least they're telling a story behind why um, Shayna and Natalia interfered. And I've not, I don't have a problem with them cutting this match short because I really do think that Ronda Rousey versus Raquel Rodriguez, they can build that into a SummerSlam match. That'll be a, a match that either money in the bank or a SummerSlam that they could do down the line on a pay-per-view given the buzz that that initial match got and uh, Raquel Rodriguez potentially chasing Ronda, I think could be very intriguing. Yeah. Lisa. I, I hated this. Um, I, 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 I've been saying on my streams, subscribe to my YouTube channel, that I have a bad feeling they're going to uh, kind of like put the SmackDown Women's Championship in the background and possibly put Ronda in a random tag team for the women's tag team tournament. But that tag team needs to be Shayna Baszler. The fact that you have Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler in the same ring and you, and you like, it's right yeah. there for you. Like, it's literally right there for you to just put them together if that's the direction you want to go in and, and let Shayna screw Natalia. Like, oh, that's not the bad. But you know what I mean? Screw over Natalia. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I do think that Raquel and Ronda could be built into something bigger. Um, I just, I just, this was, this made no sense. There were so many things that made no sense on tonight's SmackDown where it was just like, it's a holiday weekend. Let's just win this show. Let's just put a couple of matches out there and a lot of filler and, and let's get through this show. That's what this felt like. Well, let's talk about the startling revelation that Shanky loves to dance. 
and he was backstage dancing, which made yeah. him late for his match with Jinder Mahal versus Los Lotharios. A match with Los Lotharios won, and it uh, looks like Shanky and Jinder having some uh, some turbulence in their relationship. Yes. The, the, the bad news is I mean, this is what WWE does when they have a giant that they're just done with that's not going to be this monster who's going to be the big heel is they have him dance and act like a silly person. But the good news is Shanky seems equipped for this role. He did not seem uncomfortable. The guy can actually move. I thought it was entertaining. This crowd was chanting his name before he even did the dance. He has a connection, some sort, with this crowd. So if they're going to do the silly giant thing with him, he might be the greatest silly giant of all time uh, outside of the big show, of course. So are you saying that Shanky could hang with the Little Saints in the Big Bounce Dance competition? That is exactly what I'm saying. I think he needs his wow. own crew. Wow. I wouldn't go that far, but I will say Jinder Mahal's entrance feels like slap. So I don't blame Shanky for like shaking him back there because every time I hear it, I want to start belly dancing. So I, I get it. Uh, but yeah, this match was kind of there. Yeah. Yeah. So Max Dupree looking for his first client. He's officially part of SmackDown. Uh, I mean, come on, Tyler, Tyler Breeze, Fandango, WWE can probably get them back to be part of maximum male models. Is Rick Rick Martel still around, right? Oh, Rick Martel, what about him? Uh, yes, he's still alive. Good. Uh, he, he could. Uh, make <laughs> he's still alive. Jeez. Yes, because this is wrestling. This is a wrestling business. If you're a wrestler in the '80s, like chances are, given how you know, unfortunately, it's a bad reality. But you know, I'm glad to see that he is. Don't even mention um, Tyler Breeze, Glenn, because somehow the TL had me convinced that Tyler Breeze was going to be the one showing up with the new day tonight. Really? Oh, yeah. He was on Up, Up, Down, Down. Yeah. Recently, yeah. 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 I felt, I felt for it. I didn't fall for it a little bit, but I did kind of like actually when I saw that. <laughs> actually, look, I don't know if Dango is happy off renovating houses. I know he's got a very lucrative career uh, doing real estate investing and fixing properties up. I wonder if him being on up, up, down, down. I mean, this is legit. This isn't just me like blue sky wishful thinking. I wonder if Tyler, Tyler Breeze is going to be Max Dupree's first signing uh, next week on SmackDown. I would love to see it. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if it happened. They just seem to have moved on from, you know, he's part of an older era of NXT that not only did they move on from that in NXT, WWE's main philosophy is the kind of bigger guys. And I think, this character in Max Dupree is going to be a pipeline to how WWE thinks of how people look. It's going to be a, one of those kind of out of touch things, but the fact that he made that quote last week that I know is something they believe about somebody who could headline WrestleMania and the fashion show, we're going to learn a lot, I think, through Max Dupree, and that I think it's going to be somebody who's tall, quote unquote, good looking, conventionally attractive, and uh, that's how they're going to try to push them. Orca be Otis, which I would also <laughs> think would be. <laughs> I'd love if it was Otis. It'll be like the SNL Chippendale sketch, knowing Vince. Yeah. We will be embarrassed for everyone involved. It could be bad. Uh, best case scenario, it's like the Husky Boy fashion show on King of the Hill, but it's probably going to be more like the Chippendale sketch on SNL. I think that Chippendale sketch is too early of a reference for Vince. <laughs> Vince wasn't watching SNL in 1990. Yeah. Got to go to the 70s. Uh, it's true. Vince, Vince thinks, oh, that Bassomatic, that's cutting edge humor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, we'll see. We'll see who this is being. I mean, like we talked about, I think depending on in your house, it could be pretty deadly. They seem poised for that. Mm -hmm. If they're going to have a short lived title run and Creed's finally going to get the, the titles. Um, 
But let us talk about the high point of tonight's show, which was Kevin Owens hosting the KO show, his guest Sami Zayn, and um, talking about uh, Kevin Owens' views about Elias and Ezekiel being the same person, um, Sami Zayn believing they're two separate people, Sami Zayn (laughs) being part of the bloodline, Kevin Owens calling him delusional, and these two guys getting into it. Uh, Issa, what did you think of the segment? It started so good and then it got depressing and then he made me feel bad for Sammy. (laughs) When Sammy was like Elias and Ezekiel, they're the same person. Kevin Owens' facial expression and then he hugged him that I missed I missed the interaction between these two guys. I I thought before before they got into it, it was so good. I kind of missed them together, but then it automatically turned into the the rivalry that will never die, and I'm perfectly okay with that. but yeah, this was fun. I was like, what is Kevin Owens doing out here? And as soon as he said he was going to have a member of the bloodline, I kind of knew where they were going with it. But it was fun. But he really, really made me sympathize with Sami saying. I felt bad. Yeah, I, I felt bad too because I thought they were so good together as potential allies with both of them being heels now that when they did break up, I did get sad too. I thought it was yeah. hilarious. It's, it's kind of a brief interaction for these two, but they did a lot with it. I thought it was funny Sami Zayn saying oos and Kevin Owens oh saying, God. like, wait a minute, why are you saying oos now? And Sami Zayn just trying to, Sami Zayn trying to endear himself to the bloodline is really, really funny. He's very good in this role. And I thought they were both great in this. Uh, segment, especially the, the the hug that you mentioned, Issa, was very good on Kevin Owens' part in terms of he finally found somebody who believes the crazy things he believes, uh, but he had to go to SmackDown to do it. Yeah, the, the Kevin, Sammy saying, saying, ooze, and then saying, oh, we just hang out so much that it just comes natural. Yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Sammy ah. saying he's very good at his job. Very good at his job. So this is Kevin Owens. Very entertaining, but then... We got Ricochet and Drew Gulak versus Gunther and Ludwig Kaiser, which I think I said was going to happen, and it happened. Yeah. And Gunther and Ludwig won. I'm worried about Ricochet in this Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, his days are numbered. And listen, this match was done to get over Ludwig. It seemed like he was a showcase guy, even down to commentary talking about his 10-pack abs and – so they're, they might be building these two up as a tag team. Maybe they even forgot Ricochet was a tag team champion, and they're just trying to build up another tag team, possibly for the Usos. But, uh, yeah, I could see Gunther. If it is Gunther and Ricochet, I could definitely see Gunther winning that. Yeah, the Intercontinental Championship is nothing but a prop, and that is one of the saddest sentences I had to say in a long time. Like, it hasn't been defended in a pay-per-view since, what, WrestleMania, like two WrestleManias ago. Like, this title needs. I, I wouldn't mind Gunther getting a run and maybe try to rebuild it up, but it just it, it means nothing and it hasn't in a long time. But yeah, I am here for for Gunther and Ludwig as a tag team. I think they look great together. Why not? Why you can push Gunther, yes, but you know they look great together. They perform well tonight, so I I can see them becoming a really strong tag team and and be credible contenders for the Usos. Yeah. Um, well. The Uso said Sammy could be an honorary member of the bloodline. Yay. Yes, lukewarm endorsement. You kind of got the feeling that they're going to pull that away at some point, but I like Sammy Zayn as a member of the bloodline. He's just keep wearing those t-shirts. He was very good backstage with them. You know, I want to see Sammy Zayn in like a, a lay, you know what I mean? I want us to go over and wear a grass skirt or something. Just go over the top. <laughs> 
When you, you call me, picture that was going around online of him yes. added to the young picture of them. That was great. <laughs> I was trying to figure out who of uh, the Samoan dynasty was touring with uh, WWF in Montreal in 1984. Yesterday, I was trying to you know see if we could uh, perhaps connect some lineage. You know, that might have been the Head Shrinkers or yeah, but that? like like this was the thing for the sake of the joke. I'm googling like WWF 1984 tour dates and trying to see what the rosters were. It was like, Wild oh. Simones, the Wild Simones, the OGs. There you go. Hey, you never know. You never know. Someone still around my, too. My favorite part about this segment was the Sammy saying was like, "If you guys need anything, you know, I got your back. But if you need anything." Uh, yeah, yeah, I know. Like he knows that they don't have his back, and he, he couldn't even say it out loud. It was, it was so funny. It was so funny. It was so funny. If I need anything, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I was like, you, you know better. They're not gonna come out and support you. Come on. So did WWE just know people were gonna turn off the show tonight? Or actually, no. I think they tried to build it up. Main event tonight: the Brawling Brutes. Who came up with that name? Of course, it makes me think of Fruit Brute, the forgotten of the monster cereals with Count Chocula, Frankenberry, and Booberry. Count Chocula forever. Yes. So Fruit Brute was one of the original four discontinued in the early 80s. Now, the one people forget is Yummy Mummy, who was around in the late 80s, discontinued in the early 90s. So there were five at one point of the Fruit Monster cereals. But all of that more interesting than the Brawlin' Brutes as a tag team storyline talented individuals in the ring but let's be real them going against the new day tonight with a mystery member oh who could it have been alfred in your wildest dreams who were you thinking was going to be the big surprise third member teaming with kofi kingston and xavier woods tonight you know i didn't i couldn't really put a finger on, i did say omas last week <laughs> and uh, so my heart was broken tonight but I couldn't really put my finger on who would they bring out. So I kind of allowed myself to get surprised. I didn't want to go and check and really think about it. I let myself be surprised potentially. And while I was a little surprised, I was also disappointed because I thought it maybe could be a comeback. Even your idea from earlier about Tyler Breeze being that guy, I think would have been more interesting. Nothing against Drew McIntyre. He's a big star. And I'm sure this crowd was happy to see him in a main event capacity. But the way they built this up, it seemed like it was going to be – Either somebody coming back, somebody we haven't seen around in a while, but it was Drew McIntyre. So I was pretty let down by this payoff. Yeah, I originally was actually thinking Shinsuke and then the opening of the show completely killed that theory for me because I was like, who's a guy that's roaming around on SmackDown not doing anything right now? And I think Shinsuke with the New Day will be fun. So that's when I was, you know, trying to put possibilities of people from SmackDown together. That's the person that I had in mind. I should have known better. I should have known it was going to be Drew. I think, yeah, but like what Glenn pointed out, by this point, they knew the hockey game was on, NBA game was on. Let's just put on a match for those few people that are still watching, I guess. I don't know. It felt like they gave up on this show. It really did. Yeah. Um, Drew McIntyre is exceptionally talented. And when he was a heel, they were giving him good material. Since then... Not so much. He needs to drop the sword and the quilt and go back to the long coats and the hair over his face. It, it was when he lost that match to Bobby Lashley for the third time. He's never been the same since. And they never really even promoted him at that main event level. Even when they had the chance to, when I thought they were absolutely going to this past uh, pay-per-view at WrestleMania Backlash, but they just let Roman win again and he's right back to where he started. So it seems we're like... Going 
a while before. And I think September is that timeline, the Clash of the Castle. If he doesn't become a top star by that, they, then the ship might have sold sailed on Drew McIntyre. But I do think he's going to be back by September when they do Clash of the Castle. I think that I'm going to disagree with you, and I'm going to tell you exactly the moment, the exact moment that Drew McIntyre star fell down was the feud with Roman Reigns for Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Roman Reigns made him look like a secondary champion, like what he did didn't matter. The promos that he cut on him, that's the, that's the, I, I've never been like a huge fan of Drew, but that's the moment where I was like, wow, this guy doesn't matter. Like he's not at that level. And ever since, I don't think he's ever been able to rise back up to that level. That's a good point. That has been the double-edged sword throughout Roman's reign. Is he's yeah. been a great champion, one of the greatest champions they've had in the modern era. They've done a great job with him, but he's killed a lot of guys. A lot of guys that, like you, you would think that somebody would benefit and get the rub, so to speak, as they like to do, but a lot of people just go right back down after they fight Roman Reigns and have nowhere to go. Some people out of the yeah. company. The only person that came out looking kind of a little bit better was Brock, but that's because Brock already has that name value and he completely yeah. changed his character, which is something that Drew has not been able to do. Think about it. If we would have gotten the same Brock Lesnar returning at that SummerSlam without being a baby face, without the cowboy, the ponytail, the no full Heyman, this would have been this feud would have also flopped. And that's the thing with Drew McIntyre. He hasn't changed. The reason why it worked a little bit and the crowd got behind Brock was because it was a whole different character. We need to do something different with Drew McIntyre. Mm. We shall see. But uh, Drew Day won tonight. The Drew Day. Yay. Over the Very brawn cool. brutes. I didn't think it was funny, the exchange they had. They were talking about Moby Dick, which wasn't as yeah. funny, but then Pat McAfee, before he came out, was like, if Moby Dick comes out right now. <laughs> <laughs> Pat McAfee. Hey, I think, his, yeah. Sorry? No, I was going to say, I think the big thing out of Kofi's mouth was like, who is this dick you talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Pat McAfee has gotten me through many a lackluster SmackDown. With his yes. Yeah, he's great. No, he's great. One of the best. Uh, so that was tonight in the world of wrestling, uh, AEW Rampage, high point. You got served second place, yes. SmackDown, third place tonight for things that I watched. I and I only watched the last half hour you got served and still riveted, riveted. It's the best half hour. It really is. So maybe I'll have to go and watch the South Park episode later tonight. Oh my um, God, yes. <laughs> so... I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. He's at This Is Nasty. She's at NYC Demon Diva. That's Diva with the one. Everybody give us a follow. Be sure to like, share, subscribe. Sunday Night Double or Nothing. Are you two doing Double or Nothing? Either of you? No, no. Not that I know of. No. I but we will be doing the TakeOver show next week. Yes, I'm and- doing Double or Nothing. I'll be here for the coverage. Tuesday we'll be back for NXT. So the go-home show. I'll probably be... We'll probably be live at 3 a.m. when the pay-per-view ends. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, West Coast time, too. Yeah, so Tornado Anthony Wilde letting us know that Tornado 12-7 merch is coming soon. Let's go! June 13th! Get ready! That's 8.2 I just saw. It just ticked up a little bit, man. If he has merch, he needs to be like threat level and then 8 with a tornado. Like, that would be great. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I need a percentage of that uh, merchandise revenue there, Tornado. 
So apparently uh, Miami won their game tonight. So we're yeah. going to game seven of the NBA finals going head to head with double oh, or nothing yes. on Sunday. I don't understand this whole head to head thing because first of all, we all have multiple devices. We can watch multiple things at once, right? But a lot of people are saying that the pay-per-view might stall because of it. And I'm like, why would it? People have to buy it. Whether they watch it or not, you're going to get your money from the pay-per-view buy regardless. But I also right? think like, that's because of the live crowd because they're in Vegas in a big game seven at the sports book it's going to be a sellout at the sports book people are going to be betting like yeah. crazy so they're going to be out there instead of at the show if they have to worry about that and there's all kinds of bets you can make you can bet on the live right the i'm more thinking of the of the at home crowd because right. if you're yeah. gonna buy the show you're gonna get that money whether they end up not watching the pay-per-view and going to watch this game sevens but yeah in vegas that changes everything yeah, I completely agree with you, Issa, but I think this is because it's only specific to Vegas. I don't think they would do this any other venue, but because they're like the center of all this, uh, it is kind of weird. It's a unique situation, so I'll see how they navigate do you this think, and what they do. Do the you think time. they'll switch around the matches or the start of oh. the matches for what and so main eventing? You know, remember when SmackDown had to go against, like, I think it was like a debate. No, it was a pay-per-view. So SmackDown pay-per-view. And I remember they put the main event, the main on, event on first. first. No, yeah, no mercy. Like, I, was, I was there live for that. Oh, that was the one yeah, uh, Becky. Yeah, so you know what I'm talking about. When everybody was like, why is this match going on first? And it was because they knew that we're going to have fewer shit drops. I wonder if they do something like what they did with WrestleMania 37, where there was a rain delay, so they kind of just had people cut promos, and that was actually pretty entertaining to watch. You can't stall this pay-per-view with 30 matches on it, so you can't. <laughs> oh, I mean, they shouldn't. I, I don't know if they can. It'll probably come down to the pay-per-view provider and how early they have to be off the air, but no, I agree. This is going to be a long show, so I don't know how they're yeah. going to end up stalling this. I know. There you have it. Well, tune in on Sunday. Tornado Anthony Weinstein, Tornado 613. Uh, thank you, everyone. <laughs> we got that merch, baby. Coming out tonight. We'll be back here Tuesday, but tune in Sunday for Double or Nothing. Until next time, have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.